Be inspired to love life, to achieve extraordinary feats and to change the world around you for the better. Welcome to Love Your Life, Tell Your Story by Kathleen Marriott. Dr Claire Olbricht is a poet and editor from Newcastle, now living on Wiradjuri country in Parks. Her poetry has been published widely in Australia, New Zealand and Canada and she's been a writer in residence across Australia and as far as New Mexico, USA. Claire's published books include Pinky Swear and Handshake and her poem The Anna Branch won the 2022 Newcastle Poetry Prize. Here we find ourselves once again with Dr. Claire Albrecht. Welcome to Love Your Life, Tell Your Story and we have Dr. Claire Albrecht with her fourth and final story and here she is, so she's here to tell her story. Welcome Dr. Claire Albrecht and your fourth story, what is it this week? Thank you, it's lovely to be back for this last session. Um, My story this week is how I ended up where I am right now which is not New Mexico or Newcastle. (laughs) It is Wiradjuri country, parks in regional New South Wales. Well, you do get around. (laughs) So so for anybody that doesn't know where parks is, it's really almost out back of New South Wales. Not quite, but nearly there. And we have the dish in parks. So the dish is quite famous, of course, because it helped man land on the moon in 1969. So we do have the famous dish out there. So why are you there, Claire? (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, there are many reasons why we're here now, but the original reason uh, that we started even thinking about moving out to parks was that my husband, Kyle, um, applied for a job at the dish. At the dish, uh, yes, which just seemed like the coolest thing ever. Yeah, uh, we're both quite into science and applied science, astronomy, and just cool stuff that happens in Australia. And this seemed like one of those places where it's just confusing that it's here. It's great, and <laughs> it seemed like something really interesting to work on. So. We came out here first for his second interview. We had a look around, really liked the place and thought it was quite special for some reason that we couldn't, I guess, identify yet. We felt really good going out to the dish. It was so thrilling to drive up and see it appear massive in front of you out of the landscape. And We looked at houses as well, just thinking it's six hours drive from where we're currently living. While we're out here, we may as well see what's around. And we did find a beautiful place that we both really liked. We weren't sort of sure if the rental market in parks was like it is uh, other parts of the world where there's, you know, 20 people putting in an application (laughs) on the first open day. Um, So we thought, oh, well, there's no harm putting in an application now. Let's just do it just in case. And we got the call on the drive home the next day that we'd been accepted for the property. So that kind of felt like, I don't know, the universe was aligning in these bizarre ways. You know, it's I, I think it's been many, many, many years since I have had to 
apply for a rental and in the meantime it's just gotten so crazy all of our friends have had such difficulty particularly in Newcastle and Sydney finding places and beating the competition to get their application accepted and to just have this little town out in regional New South Wales where it's not like that and everyone's lovely and the real estate people were friendly and our dog was not a problem. It just seemed like, is this too good to be true? <laughs> so it all then from there just kept uh, aligning. Kyle was offered the job. I was working and still am working remotely anyway. And so it was really easy for me to be able to move to somewhere new. And we both felt like we were ready to move on from Newcastle and to have something different in our lives going on around us to have a different you know environment and group of people much like New Mexico but for as long as we want to be here and we've got each other for support and our family aren't quite as far away. No six hours your family can visit and you can visit them so they're quite close. So tell me so you've said that Parks is very friendly what what is your job that you're doing remotely from Parks? Yeah, so my day job, I guess, is that I'm operations manager for the local and independent news association, which is a national nonprofit that works to support hyperlocal independent news publishers to be able to, um, you know, remain sustainable and join the digital age in a really meaningful way to be able to support their communities through local news. And um, that's been something that I've been able to do remotely since I started. I actually started that role while I was in New Mexico, which was a difficult way to start, but worth it. And so I'm I'm operating in that space most of the time here, but I'm also the editor-in-chief of the Suburban Review, which is an arts and literature journal. And I'm the manager of Australian Literary Studies, which is an academic literary journal. So between the three of them, I work full-time at my various desks and laptop spaces that I've set up around the house so that I have a bit of variety for the ADHD brain. And it's been really lovely to have a sense of working somewhere new without having to change everything. (laughs) So this is how you've evolved yourself since. So if we follow your stories across the three stories, It's really interesting to see how you've evolved since 2016, since you pivoted and changed yourself and changed your life from deciding to do your PhD, going into that journey of a PhD at 28, you left one relationship, entered a new relationship, went into your PhD, went in and had the diagnosis and thoroughly investigated how to change your mindset, dedicated yourself to mindfulness uh, medication journey went on the phd journey had the experience of covid then you went thoroughly into obviously um, poetry you did your residency now you've changed to parks and now you're telling us you have a full career in the publishing world (laughs) yeah yeah and um I don't know how I got here. I guess I do, but it's been a yes. collection of things along the way that have all sort of put together this this publishing CV, I guess, yes. that um, has 
has sort of turned into a career and it's great to recognize that the PhD has been really rewarding and important for getting to this position. Um, a lot of people worry that if they're not in an academic role after a PhD, they've somehow failed. And there are so few academic opportunities um, and the academic institutions are so broken at the moment that I just really hope people aren't feeling that way ongoing and are looking at different ways to use the skills and the knowledge that they get through that level of education to do something that feels good for them and that supports them and um you know feels like you are still on a pathway that the PhD set out without having to deal with uh, all of the problems of a academic structure <laughs> Well, well, part of this journey, what you're telling us here, Claire, because we're talking 70 years here for what you've achieved, you've also won awards and you've been published and you've, you know, travelled in the COVID, you know, in this COVID world as well. But this journey that you've been on has been extraordinarily extraordinary. This is why you're on the podcast, because we've recognised true grit in you and extraordinary artistic talent and dedication. And it's all been underpinned by a mental health condition called ADHD at the same time. It's phenomenal going on here. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think the fact that I've been doing multiple different things and I've sort of been exploring different paths that are all linked linked through creativity, I guess, and through an interest in publishing and writing. I think that's been a reflection of the ADHD and the way that you seek out new activities and experiences and things that interest you. And there are ways, I guess, that I've found to do that productively rather than, you know, start a project, leave it, start a project, leave it, mm -hmm. which is still tempting um, all of the time. I frequently have about three projects in mind when I wake up and realize that maybe I should just do my actual job. But <laughs> um, it's also, you know, the reason that I've ended up here is that I can put all of my energy into something new without, I guess, expecting that it will be forever and enjoying that process of, of working on a project or writing a poem or a book or starting a poetry series, which I did in Newcastle back pre-COVID, um, just kind of jumping into that because I thought it was a good idea and would be interesting and rewarding. And it was, but I'm not concerned that some of those things I don't do anymore they've all contributed to this you know several years of development and learning and change that have brought me to sitting in parks thinking about starting a regional writers organization because I could feasibly do that now with the various experiences that I've had along the way and part of it, by the sounds of it, is that you're quite okay with living quietly in that mm -hmm. regional town. I love living quietly. Yeah. Yes, yes, I do. And 
I guess that's part of my nature. You know, I'm an introvert. I get really drained by people, especially by multiple people in one social situation. That's really exhausting for me to not have that unless I choose to participate in activities like that. It's really relaxing for me. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading, taking baths, playing Zelda, um, and, <laughs> you know, just just thinking and enjoying the quiet, which is, I think, we take that for granted sometimes and we forget that quiet exists when we lead really busy lives. I've been reading about ideas of tempo in our mind and how that can impact how we approach work and, and our life and realise that for a long, long time, my tempo, my the speed at which I was thinking and operating and my brain was racing along was just so fast. And that can be really great to get things done, but it's also really tiring and it's a really quick way to get burned out, which I don't recommend. <laughs> so, so I've been working at uh, keeping my tempo slower and slowing down, relaxed. And so in, in a rural setting like Parks, which is a quiet town and and there's a slower expectation, then you can keep that pace slower as well. Yeah, I don't have as much speed and noise and stimulus around me and that allows me to keep some of those anxiety responses, stress responses at a minimum and that keeps my brain, it feels like, at a more even pace and it's been interesting to see where that like planning at least writing more genre work work that's less taxing on my emotions and mental health <laughs> because while handshake was really important for me to write it was really tough and emotional and confronting for a lot of it and Allowing myself to enjoy writing without that sometimes I think is is really important and it's going to be a really good lesson for me to keep pursuing writing that is rejuvenating rather than draining and fun. Like, yeah. I hadn't had fun writing for a long time and that's bizarre. Everyone should be able to have fun doing what they love. I think that's a great, great thing to um, consider that fun is so important in life and seeing your smiley face opposite me is just lovely. So I think that's a great way to end. Um, I'd like you to read one more poem. I, I loved our last podcast where you read the last time and I would like one other poem out of your book, Handshake, that is another one of my favourites. It's Gratitude. Could you possibly read that poem for us? I absolutely could. Gratitude. It's been pissing down for days. Ants in my jaffle iron. Sad cockroach in the third drawer down. Slippery green deck. Everyone hiding or making themselves impervious. Today, bright flocks of sulfur-crested cockatoos on ceramic blue. Bees around the washing line. Towels waving them in. Wonderful. Very Australian poem. <laughs> yes, and very linked to the house that I was living in 
before we moved and we were in I was in for 10 years and was the place that I wrote my PhD, the place that I went through COVID, the place that I went through this transition in my life. And, you know, it was a major part of me. The places that we live become part of us. And it was really surprising to me how ready I was to leave that, not just because of the slimy green deck and the cockroaches and the ants and the coal dust that comes in from the coal trains (laughs) that go by, but also I think that I was just emotionally ready to allow myself to be distanced from some of those more difficult experiences and to, you know, wrap that up, put it in a box and keep it secure and safe and a part of me, but to be able to start a relationship with someone new, a place that I could, you know, feel that I was starting something fresh. I think that's what a move does for us, doesn't it? It ends an era and a 10 years in one place is an era, a decade, and then a move to a new place begins a new era. And Parks sounds like a new era, particularly that your husband is working at the dish. That's an exciting era for him. And you working in publishing is something that you've aimed at. So congratulations on achieving that. And I hope that your novel, your epic novel that we talked about in one of the podcasts earlier comes to fruition. So congratulations on your transition from 2016 to now. You really are an inspiring person, Claire. And thank you so much for being on Love Your Life, Tell Your Story. Your story is one that I hope others become inspired and we hope that your dreams come true. Thanks so much for inviting me and for giving me the opportunity to talk about these things. I think it's really special, especially to talk about them with you. And so it's been a lovely four episodes for me as well. This is only part of our story. To hear the rest, leap forward to the next podcast and give us five stars wherever you listen. Love Your Life, Tell Your Story by Kathleen Marriott.